Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. If you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny show, you'll see a an interesting black and white photo mm-hmm. that we uh, posted. Johnny took this picture as we were coming in on Lakeshore Drive. And look closely. That is the Drake Hotel as we're heading right toward the Oak Street curve there. And... After I took the picture, I clicked over to the edit feature because I was just going to trim it down a little bit, get some of the cars out of it, mm-hmm. and it went black and white. And I thought, oh, that's cool. I like that. So we are broadcasting the show in black and white tonight. <laughs> we are. Yes. <laughs> Everything I want to say. I know. Well, let's it's, move it's, on. It's, uh... we, we actually do have a big show coming up. Uh, we're here till 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, now I know what it means when they say release the Kraken. That was painful. Oh, oh boy, was that painful. Yes. Yeesh. But on a happier note, we have a gang of people here with us to support us until 2 o'clock in the morning, right? This is our second show on our yes. uh, Saturday Night Adventures version 2.0. And we begin uh, with introducing you to our cast of characters. And as we said last week, uh, probably the most important of our cast of characters, <laughs> he without whom you would not be hearing us, the keeper of the big plug, our engineer, Dan Locke. Yes, you said that, Steve, not me, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> and you notice we needed Dan to get your headphones to work in the, the split yeah. second. You looked at him like, hey, I can't hear anything. Literally, literally we've been here for uh, about hour. the past hour. And literally, during the theme, Second. all of a sudden, oops, my headphones won't work. But Dan was there to the rescue. That is why I'm here. Yes. How was your week, Dan? It was not bad. It was, yeah. it was pretty low-key. I was here. Um, I did get to uh, catch up with a couple friends that I haven't seen in a while over some drinks, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, too, because we're not digging out snow. Yeah. You know, my Facebook memories are coming up, and it's almost daily. I'm seeing pictures of snowstorms from you know, January's past, and I'm like, wow, this is great. Yeah, yeah knock on wood, the weather yeah. has been... I always get worried around this time of year. I know. Wait for the next shoe to drop. So. Yeah. Well, actually, the next shoe will drop. And write this yes, down. Yes. I'm making this prediction. Chicago Auto Show. Yes. The next shoe will drop. Yes. It, it will be Always hellacious. Does. It will be snow. It will it be does. cold. It will be the uh, snowmageddon. And they'll still have a record turnout. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yep. All right. Also, on the other side of the glass, we got Andrew B. Andrew B., how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I have no yeah. complaints today. Okay. What was the big thing that happened that was good this week for Andrew B.? Uh, this week was pretty uneventful, although yesterday I decided to uh, get off my keister and uh, I, uh, rearrange my room. So it's, it's nice. I, I have no sense of uh, interior design, so it was nice to actually see it look good for once. Okay. Okay. okay now, now, let me help with this because I'm, I'm an expert in this. Okay. I'm all ears. You need to follow my filing system, which I learned from my dad. I file everything alphabetically according to size. And he actually knows where everything is, <laughs> except for his underwear <laughs> and his shoes and the silverware. That's because you keep moving them. He knows where all the important things are, like records <laughs> and more records, I think guitars. An- Andrew's still mulling that over alphabetically I caught it at the very last second. It, 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 almost almost like a, my it was like on a delay. And then I, could, I could see the light. I'm pretty short. I had to, catch, I had to reach back and catch it. <laughs> 
And in the newsroom, you heard Ron Brown with the 1030 News Update. And Ron's on duty for a little while longer. Right, Ron? Yeah, I'm here until uh, 1130. And then I hand it over to the very capable Gabe Salgado. Mm -hmm. So what was the big thing that happened in Ron's life this past week? Oh, it was nice. My uh, son came over uh, to visit. And uh, we sat down and watched. We're we're both movie fans. And we listened to and watched the uh, uh, commentary from Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Apocalypse Now, oh. one of our favorite movies. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Little light him, viewing, right. And to hear him explain that and what went wrong and, oh. and, and what went right and, and how they were just kind of making things up as they went along. It's 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 a fascinating story and it's oh, a yeah. great movie. So hey, I enjoyed that. Did they get into, in the commentary, because I've never watched the commentary, did they get into some of the problems they had with Marlon Brando and just getting him to try to be present during the movie? <laughs> Yeah, they did, and uh, it's, uh, there's a there's a documentary that that uh, uh, plays that whole thing out called Hearts of Darkness by Coppola's yes. uh, wife. Uh, but yeah, they, they, he he got into that as well in the commentary, talking about Brando and how he showed up and uh, he was overweight and he hadn't read the source material and he was just like stalling for time because he was guaranteed to only be there for three weeks and he spent like the first three days just like doing nothing <laughs> while while they're trying to write an ending uh, with him in mind. It's it's a fascinating story. Hmm. Did, did you see the? Uh the, the Superman movie that Brando was in, and the story that I heard was that he he showed up, and that's all he did. He showed up as he would be interacting with somebody. They would have lines from his script hidden at various points on their body, so he'd be looking at them, and he'd just be reading the script off of somebody's coat or something. Yeah, that that was the, that was what he did in uh, several of his uh, appearances, uh, even in uh, The Godfather. He thought mm. that uh, rather than uh, than uh, you know learn his lines, he thought it made him appear more spontaneous if he would just look at you know a <laughs> potted plant and see the line there, and it, it would be like the words just popped into his mind, but. You know, he won. He won. Uh, he won the Oscar for The Godfather. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue with him. See, now I know where you got your style, Steve. You look at me, and you're like reading the line, right? Cue and cards. I'm, I'm looking at you, going, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> and Gabe Salgado is in the newsroom too, ready to take over in about 45 minutes. How are you, Gabe? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good, good. So, big news from this past week. Anything good Anything in your world? wonderful happen in your world this week? Uh, at well, least you don't have the bears to worry about. No, but uh, early, earlier today, my brother-in-law and I were trying to fix the dishwasher in my house. Yeah. So it still works, but apparently the, the latch on the door is causing an issue. So it closes, but then you really have to like you know force it open. Oh. So we so we had to, we had to replace the latch, but we uh, had to, couldn't find it at a hardware store, so we had to order it. And now we got to wait for it to be shipped. And uh, once that gets squared away, I can start using my dishwasher again. I have visions I, of you washing the dishes and like leaning up against the door for forty five minutes while they were washing. You know, just see, to hold I, it closed. I love that definition of success. We tried to fix the dishwasher; <laughs> it still works. <laughs> With a question mark, okay. yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, fingers are the, crossed. The, the joys of home ownership. Yes. Well, my big news this week was I thought I had COVID. I was sure. I, You know, here I am almost three years into the mission and COVID-free. And I thought, dang, this is it. I go to work one night and you guys have given me COVID. But I took tests and it was about 24 hours yeah. after these lousy symptoms and 
gone and everything was negative and and knock on cool. wood fortunately we have both avoided yeah. contracting covid dan have you contracted it uh i i did uh early on. Er, yeah it was a couple years ago at this point and l- Isn't i've been that weird to say years ago yeah it does and i do <sighs> wonder how common that is for people who have made it the whole stretch without catching it well yeah. you're looking at two people yeah so i'm telling you when it when the it, symptoms and we came have on, flown but but yeah we, we've had all the shots we wear masks and but i was really scared this past i said doggone it i was waiting for my three-year anniversary and but you know it's all good it was all in my head i guess <laughs> and I will share some positive news with you. Uh, we're going to take a break, and, and then I will share uh, some positive news. Uh, Ooh, th- th- cliffhanger. Yeah, th- this Ooh. Is, but this is kind of cool. So okay. stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. One of the sad pieces of news from this past week, the, the death of Jeff Beck. And yeah. throughout the show, we're going to be playing... Uh, uh, different things from various parts of of Jeff's career. That was uh, one of my favorite tracks. It's called Jeff's Boogie, hmm. and it, to me, that that's one of the many things that shows how Jeff Beck was always going back to his early influences. Because if you look up, and maybe we'll play it a little later, an early Chuck Berry instrumental track called Guitar Boogie. Basically, it's the same riff Mm -hmm. that Jeff Beck is using, and he always referenced some of his early influences. But, boy, you talk about a guy that cast a long shadow. What a talent. And what a shock. Yeah. Bacterial And and it was meningitis. Yeah. And what did I do? Probably what many people did. Googled bacterial meningitis. What is it? How do you know you've got it? And, uh, oh, yeah, that was a really uh, shocking. In fact, uh, later on tonight, we're going to talk to a guy who uh, considers Jeff Beck as being his all-time favorite guitarist. And yeah. he's no slouch himself. Yeah. Rick Nielsen's going to join us. And we're going to talk about something he's going to be doing with the rock, the Illinois Rock Hall of Fame mm-hmm. uh, coming up. But uh, share your good news. Yeah, this was, uh, the, the, and I'm really happy to share this with you. We told you that when we signed on to to do this saturday night gig that our game plan is to to do it uh, live uh whenever it is possible to do that and one of the many things that uh, management at wgn has been really good about is saying well okay we know that you spend time you split your time between chicago and florida when we're in florida we're going to be doing the show live from florida Woo-hoo. and just this past week we had some things uh, going back and forth between Tom Hoots, who is a terrific guy that we met at the radio station that we consult in Florida, and he also owns his own studio, Studio 812 in Lynn Haven, Florida. And he was talking with WGN's engineers, and they've run some tests, and so it looks like we're it's a go. We're cleared for for blast off. So we're mm-hmm. going to take you when we head out of town. We're going to be taking you live with us as we head out of town. So that, yep. that's really kind of cool. And we are even talking about doing a Facebook live, so you can see his studio, which is really awesome. It's a it's a really it's really got neat great studio. history. Yeah, he has the control board that was the actual control board in New York. 
used on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show when Carson was broadcasting out yep. of New York. And Tom wanted that control board, so he got to New York and he hauled it back to Florida. He's an interesting guy, too. And he's willing to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We're on the same time yeah. zone. Still on the central so time zone. we don't have to worry about getting confused with that. And our first show there will be a shorter show because of the Blackhawks. So that'll be... I believe, is that the 11th of that'll February? That'll be the 11th of yeah. February. And then the next show is going to be a full show. And we're going to introduce you to mm-hmm. some of our friends, some of our really, really talented friends in At, Florida. One of the things that, that we love, and, and we've observed it over the past... I would say roughly five to ten years, the panhandle of Florida, and specifically the Panama City Beach and Panama City area, it's almost turning into a a kind of an artist colony. A little bit like a Nashville South. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, country and alternative performers, mm-hmm. but a lot of just creative people. Oh, yeah. The, that are down there now and making some, some great meat. One of the people that we will be introducing you to, a name whose work you have heard, but whose name you probably don't know. A friend of ours named Crook Stewart. Mm-hmm. Crook has been uh, the road manager with the Rolling Stones. Uh, he currently is with David Crosby, Jackson Brown, uh, Jackson Brown, Joan Baez. And he, oh, he lives in Panama City. He's got oh, so we're going to have an, uh, some some stories and some mm-hmm. music that we will share with Crook, and just to introduce you to some of the interesting people. Because yeah. one of the things that that was has always been on our minds anytime we've sat behind these microphones is sharing talent with you, mm-hmm. because we don't have a whole lot of it. Hey, so we hey, want to hey, bring hey, in hey, other speak people to for uh, yourself. What? You've got a bunch of people here that are very talented. Notice I didn't say me. Yeah. So, um, hang on, because coming up, um, we're going to take a, let's see, I'm thinking about the next hour, oh, in the 12 o'clock hour, because a, a texter wanted to know what, what we've, who's our regular scheduled guest this week. So this week, we're going to kick off our regular scheduled monthly guest. And this week, it's going to be Patrick talking about computers. Right, Patrick Christmas. So that's going to be in the 12 o'clock hour tonight, because speaking of time zones, he's out in California, so... And in the uh, 11 o'clock hour, it feels weird because, you know, know. this is a a 9 to 2 show. This should be our halfway point of the show. (laughs) Uh, In the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking with Ron Romero. He's the founder of the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66. And they're, they're installing this humongous... Gigantar. Guitar. Gigantar. Gigantar. You have a banjitar. He has a gigantar at the museum. <laughs> this thing is like like 25 feet tall. <laughs> They've got it on the back of a flatbed truck. Yeah. And it's coming up from Springfield. It started out in New Jersey. We're going to tell you all about that. And you can actually be there uh, next week when they unveil Gigantar. Now I'm. Now that I said you've got a banjitar, he's got a gigantar. No, you're not getting a gigantar. Oh, no. darn, 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 darn. <laughs> and then also in the next hour, uh, Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick will join us, and uh, he's also going to be a part of the unveiling of the gigantar. Mm-hmm. Right. And and he'll he'll share some stories of of Jeff Beck with us too. And if you want to get to us, you can at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. We like to get your texts throughout the show. We sprinkle those into the show. If you have questions for Patrick, that's one way to get to us. But you can also call. And, um, you know, anytime you want to get, in fact, we're already hearing from people that said, oh, yay, Bob Young. It was a great, 
<laughs> Great to hear Bob Young. And we wrestled with what show, what song do we start the show with? And we said, nah, this is show number two. Yeah. We got to stick with Bob Young for a while because yeah. he he was our guy. And uh, and again, thanks to to John uh, yes. for, for doing that specific edit. It was it was just kind of fun. <laughs> He's at home grinning because it's like, and he told me in a message last week what that came from, what he lifted those pieces from. So, oh, you don't recognize the? uh... No, I didn't. Not based on what he told me. I'll share it with you during the news. Well, I know uh, one was uh, from Sam the Sham. Oh, another one was from the Beatles, and uh, then the last one I believe was was it from I saw her standing there. I don't think John told me any of that in the message, so... (laughs) Okay. You're working on a different channel than we are, so... (laughs) We just beeped over 11 o'clock. Stay with us. More coming up. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Just before we get to our first guest, we want to go to a caller who was nice enough to call in last week, and Eric, have you been holding on for a full week? (laughs) Well, I kind of, I've been holding on for a while, but I, I'm a very patient person. <laughs> I guess you are. Hi, Eric. <laughs> How are you? I go way back from when you guys would put me to sleep at night. Oh, I would golly. go to sleep listening to you guys. I always love it because, when people say, you put me to sleep. <laughs> well, no, well, the because the, the thing was, I would go to, because I was, at the time, I was yes. in school, mm-hmm. so my mobility instructor was always when she would take me to learn my way around the mm-hmm. building, then my way around school and various, you know, learn the community. Um, would always listen to WGN. I'd be like, why are you listening to that? <laughs> and then I find myself at night listening to you guys oh, and okay. Kathy and Judy and Roger Badish. Yeah, and, sure. And who I hope is doing well. He is. Oh, he's doing very yes. well. In fact, we got to get Roger on and have him tell you some of the tales of his new dog, Taylor Swift. <laughs> that that really is the name of his new dog. It, yes, and it was it was fun listening to you guys when you know and, and Patty Vasquez, you know, and it was all you know mm-hmm. listening to all of you guys. So ever since DNWGN has been my place to go for severe weather and. And everything because you're saying it just like we wrote it, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, the checks yeah. in the mail, Eric. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, this is so. You know, when I heard that y'all were coming back, I'm like, oh, I'm just so excited. I don't know how oh. to act. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you, thank you, Eric. We and really thank you appreciate for being it. patient and checking in with us. Oh, last no week. problem. I'm very patient, and you know, I told the screen. I said, I don't care how long I have to wait, but I'm gonna be patient, and so I can at least say hello to you know to the people that. You know, I they put you to sleep all those years. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay, Eric. Thank you so much. for Thank calling. you so much, Eric. Take it's care. Really, really great to hear from you. Uh, and well, I think he holds the record for holding on longer than yes. anyone for for holding on for a full week at WGN. <laughs> yeah, we know this is the largely a talk radio station, but if you've been hanging out with us for any amount of time, you know we we kind of love rock and roll too. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- there is something that is going on. That is so cool. You're not getting one. Stop it. We're talking about the the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66. And our buddy Ron Romero is a founder of this museum. And he joins us tonight to tell us about this big event. How are you tonight, Ron? 
I'm doing great. Good. How are you doing? <laughs> great. And I have to just say that already I've had two people text in and say, thank you. That song's going to be in the jukebox of my mind for the rest of the night. Well, good. I love rock and roll. That's, That's okay. Thing. Yes. Uh, tell us about Gigantar. I love this. It, it's what, 24 feet big? <laughs> it's 24 feet tall and about 10 feet wide at the bottom. It's made to scale. In other words, if we were to shrink it down, it could be an actual uh, playable guitar. And it's uh, designed with our logo in mind. And our logo is uh, part of a uh, interstate sign, the shield, like the Route 66 mm-hmm. shield. Right. That turns, that's uh, part of the guitar body. That's a brilliant idea. And the designer is a, a New Jersey woman, right? The uh, the creator of the guitar of the sculpture is uh, from New Jersey. Our, the logo and the uh, the work on that was actually created by our uh, one of our board members, who's a graphic artist. Well, I so was... she took that and she made it big. <laughs> and she would be Shannon McDonald. We've got to get her on the show. Oh my gosh! She, she plays. She's an artist. She's a very talented. And there woman. are some great pictures on her Facebook page of her working on this gigantic guitar, and she looks tiny. She's on scaffolding up at the top of this, sandblasting and getting it ready for the paint job. It's gorgeous. Okay, Ron. Here's my question. That was a twelve foot ladder, by the way, that she was standing Whoa. on, and she was towards the top of that guitar on. The, as if as it's laying on its side oh. so it's it's big so yeah. so 24 foot tall guitar here's my question what gauge strings do you put on that guitar <laughs> uh they're extra heavies <laughs> i would think okay. so <laughs> wow and, and and the body is made of what because it can't be too heavy because your plan is to hang this outside of the museum right it's hanging right on the it'll be hanging in the front of the building um, so the uh, there's two ways to do it. They could build it out of steel, which would be sixteen to twenty thousand pounds, incredibly heavy. Uh, but what they did is they used a, a very um, strong grade aluminum, very thick aluminum, and it brought the weight down from you know sixteen to twenty down to sixteen hundred pounds. And that's what they call the armature or the um, the skeleton of uh, the uh, sculpture itself. Mm-hmm. And then of course they uh, cover that, and then they paint it. And you can see from some of the pictures on social media that uh, she did a very fine job. You get right down to the volume knobs, the strings, the uh, tuning, everything. It's great. It really is. We're talking with Ron Romero. Now, the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66. You're saying, well, yeah, I know where Route 60 is. 66 is, I think. Maybe you don't. We're talking about in Joliet. We're going to tell you a little bit more about the background of the museum. Maybe this is the first you've heard about it. So stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking about the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66. We are talking with the founder of the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66, Ron Romero. And we're talking about the installation of Gigantar, a 24-foot hand-sculpted guitar in the shape of the museum logo created by artist Shannon McDonald that is going to be placed on the museum building this month. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron, do us a favor and take us back uh, from the, the time that you said, I'm going to make this happen, this is a dream, to where you are today. How long ago was that? 
Well, it's been uh, quite a while because I think the first conversations happened in 2013. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, you know, I'd like to see something here to recognize the music from Illinois. And uh, by 2017, we had become a non-for-profit 501c3. By 2019, we purchased the building we're in and we've been renovating it ever since. And, uh, you know, we've got, I think there's 20, 21 board members and 10 historians working with us. And it's grown more and more. And it seems the people who really love music, uh, specifically Illinois music, get involved. And the people who want to see the economic development of downtown Joliet are also involved in this, too. So now the building is currently under renovation, so you can't go into it yet. But people are welcome to come out for the big unveiling of your huge gigantar. That sounds <laughs> redundant. A huge gigantar. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to a small gigantar. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and the the that's gonna happen on Friday, right, Ron? Yeah, so um we figured when you hang a twenty five foot guitar on the front of a building, it's hard to hide. <laughs> so rather than doing some, you know, unveiling we're going to have a lighting ceremony, and we're excited about it because we have, uh, I know that, uh, of course, Rick Nielsen from Cube Trick will be there, uh, Carl G. Maurice from the Buckinghams, Jim Peterick from the Ides of March, and, of course, uh, formerly of Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe uh, Chuck Colbert, you may or may not know Chuck's yeah, name, sure. who is a the bass player with American Breed, and, of course, Rufus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've got a few of our favorite Illinois rock stars there to... Uh, to uh, fire this up. Well, you've got some members of the Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because these are some of the early class of uh, inductees, right? Yes, absolutely. Buckingham's and uh, Ides of March, Cheap Trick were all inaugural class that happened uh, two years ago. What and you... uh, this year we're planning on the September 17th, it's a Sunday, we'll be doing our uh, third annual hall of fame so uh, how does the voting happen for that i i I would imagine everybody can get information on your website but do you have to be a member of the museum like a card-carrying member of the museum so that you can vote on whomever you would like to see inducted next time around yes so what happens is it goes out to the general public for nominations and we literally get thousands of nominations i bet and then that gets uh, the majority of the are the ones that get the majority of the votes our nominations uh, get turned into a ballot. Of course, it goes to a committee to make sure that the, the people who are being nominated are, in fact, eligible. And then the ballot goes out to our over 700 charter members uh, now from 33 states and three countries. Wow. And uh, people vote on that, and that's who ends up uh, being inducted. That's very cool. And then and past years, uh, even with the, the pandemic and COVID and everything, you had uh, some pretty cool induction ceremonies, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Uh, you know, we've had, uh, of course, uh, Ario Speedwagon come yeah. out and, and uh, Ides of March and Buckingham's and, and a lot of our favorite bands. Uh, people like Sam Cooke were inducted and mm-hmm. sam cook's family showed up chuck berry was inducted for yeah. oh, that's yeah. right yeah. With all the big hit success records yeah. and his son and daughter came out yeah. uh, to that so it was an honor to be with the, the family members and the musicians as well and the, the cool thing about the the gigantar installation is that people do not have to buy tickets for this you can just come they and see just this big thing come right? on out and, and see it as it happens <laughs> 
Absolutely. It's open to the public. Uh, as you mentioned before, the museum is not quite open yet, so we'll be outside for a little while. We'll have a few uh, speeches, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, we have Rick Nielsen going to flip the switch to light it at the side. And where exactly are you located in Joliet on Route 66? Right in the heart of downtown on Route 66 at 9 West Cass. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're located where they call the Crossroads of Mid-America. It's mm-hmm. actually Route 66 going north and south, and then also um, Lincoln Highway, Route 30, going, uh, in our case, it's going to the west. That was some kind of good luck that that building became available to you right there in the heart of Juliet, right at 66. You, you couldn't have, have planned a better location. This project, i got to tell you, that things just keep happening and happening, and it's like there's got to be divine intervention because mm-hmm. we've been very lucky with uh, everybody who's helped out and assisted, and, and just things seem to fall in place all the time, so we're very thankful for that. What's your target for um, things being done on the inside so that you can then invite the public to come in and see what's happened? Well, we did get some good news. I think we're going to be able to get the first floor open this year, uh, and hopefully by spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple of small projects that we're going to finish off, and then we're going to try to get the doors open. I uh, think the, that. the and, last and, time we talked, you had some uh, electricians that were stepping up to help out. The IBEW, the, the trade unions, IBEW, NECA, which is the uh, National Electrical Contractors Association, mm-hmm. uh, Association helped out. Uh, the plumbers union, the roofing uh, union. Wow. Um, there's a lot of the trade unions that came through and a lot of companies. I got to tell you, this is a very grassroots organization. We didn't come in as developers. We didn't come in with $10 million to make this happen. It's uh, through uh, local community support. Uh, the, the guitar is actually being, there's a grant through the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity. And through our local CVB, which is a Heritage Corridor Destinations, mm-hmm. they help to make the grant money come through and make it happen. So, uh, you know, we're hoping it's going to be a iconic for the state of Illinois and certainly for, for Joliet. had a, a text from a 708 area code. Uh, uh, Jerry wants to know, what kind of things can we expect to see on the first floor when that opens, if it opens later this year? So uh, when the whole museum is open, the first floor is going to be based on on blues, and we needed a place to start the music of rock and roll. We chose blues and jazz. Uh, But because we're going to open the first floor first, we're going to put a little bit of everything in there, but we're going to focus on our uh, Hall of Famers. Uh, We have uh, quite a number of Hall of Famers, and we're going to build the exhibits around that so you get a taste of everything. Because our Hall of Famers are everything from jazz, blues, rock, Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, so we'll build it up that way, and then everything, as we finish the second and third floors, we'll move things into their appropriate place and then start uh, with the blues on the first floor. What about merchandise? Because the logo is just so cool with the shield, the Route 66 shield, made into the guitar. T-shirts available, coffee mugs, uh, any of that cool stuff yet? Yes, absolutely. And, and actually, our online store is open now. Uh, you'll see some pretty cool uh shirts and things. We One of our biggest uh, sellers is a shirt with Abraham Lincoln that has headphones on. Yes. I love that. Underneath it, it says, Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like the pet peeve of, (laughs) no, the S is silent. No, but we're talking noise. (laughs) 
And by well, the way, we're in Joliet, Illinois. That's so, right, yeah. Joliet. Joliet, Illinois. <laughs> and by the way, if people want to get an, an idea of what Gigantar and the museum look like, go to uh, facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show, and we shared the post from the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum's uh, Facebook page. So you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show, and you can see uh, what the, the Gigantar and the museum looks like. And, Ron, compliments on your website, too, Road to Rock. It looks good. It's chock full of information. You've got it, – it's just up-to-date. It's timely. People can find out, you know, some of the other folks that are on your staff that are making this happen. But it just is so exciting because it's so colorful. And it's like, as I say, the listener wanted to know if there was merchandise. And I'm like, yeah, I want that T-shirt, too, with Gigantara on the front of it. Yeah, on the, on the website, you can kind of see some of uh, a sneak peek, if you will, yeah. of some of the areas within the museum. And it uh, tells you what our mission is, what we're doing, who's involved, how to donate. Uh, if people want to know how to get involved. Sometimes we have um, volunteers. Sometimes we have people that donate um, artifacts or loan artifacts. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, donations of funds as well. It's all right there on that, that website. Yes. Other than Gigantar, is there one specific thing connected with the museum that you feel, boy, that was a great achievement that we were able to accomplish? Yeah, you know what? If you could have seen this building before we got a hold of it, <laughs> everything has been a big accomplishment. Um, <laughs> this was an old, it was 1930s. It was um, an old, uh, like, dry goods store clothing and such like that. In the 50s, it became Goldblatt's. In the 1990s, it was a furniture store. When we got it, it was stripped bare on the inside. Wow. And, um, you know, I've been there every day, and you see it. To me, sometimes I think it moves real slow until you go back and look at the pictures from a week ago, a month ago, or a year yeah. ago. And um, you see how far putting in carpeting and putting in walls and new electricity. And we've done a lot of work. Is there, uh, is there any chance you've been doing... Way. You've been documenting this with photographs that we could uh, wind up with a time-lapse thing of how this all comes to fruition? Absolutely. We we have um, a lot of photos that we've kind of uh, put in our secure place that we're going to release uh, as we get closer to opening. We do want to share that with everybody because you're not going to believe the transformation. Now, we've been working on the inside. Uh, Gigantar, we've got awnings. We've got, we're starting to do the outside facade work now. So people who drive by, and there's thousands of people that drive by every day, have no idea what's going on inside. <laughs> but now they're going to get an idea when they see, um, you know, this is, we're a three-story building, and it goes all the way to the roof line. Amazing. So it's a, it's a big guitar. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Ron. You've done some amazing work so far. As I said to you before, you can use us. Give us a call. I love any excuse to talk to you. And Gigantar was a perfect excuse to get you on the radio because people can come out and see the lighting of Gigantar on Friday. And that's at five o'clock on Friday, right? Yes, 5 o'clock at 5 awesome. on Friday, for sure. Okay. And when you get a chance, please come down, and I'll give you the, the personal nickel tour and show you around. We're going to do it. We'll Thank do you. it. Appreciate it, Ron. Thanks a lot, Ron. Take care. Stay with us. More coming up at WGN. Any excuse to play that song is, is a know, good thing. It may be over 40 years old, but it sounds so good today. <laughs> I was a baby disc jockey when I started playing that song, and that's another one that gets stuck in the jukebox of your mind. Absolutely. We are talking about Gigantar that's going to be 
unveiled outside the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66, and that's going to happen on Friday at 5 o'clock. And Rick Nielsen is one of the celebs, one of the members of the Hall of Fame. And Rick is the guy who's going to be flipping the switch. Yes, he is. And uh, it was a good excuse to get Rick on the radio tonight. Hey, Rick. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I haven't seen you since Rockford. I'm sorry? That, that's right. It, Rockford was the last oh, time. Oh, that's right. And, and we should back up for people who don't uh, don't remember this. We were doing uh, a book signing exhibition at the... oh that the, fabulous the, theater oh, downtown. what was the... The uh, library owns it. Beautiful facility. Oh. And we had a packed house. And then someone came and said, Rick Nielsen is here. And I said, what? And it was really you. It really was. Yes. And we got is it the Nordloff Center? Is it the Nordloff Center, Rick? Uh, it's it's down there. It's a it's a NAT theaters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just a beautiful fabulous. facility, and we were able to give you our Les Paul book. And uh, I and know you, that was cool. And and you got a picture with you, which was even cooler. <laughs> well, thank you for joining well, us tonight because I know it's been sure. a, it's been a long, busy week for you. When we communicated, you were getting on one plane. You had a couple more planes to catch, and on and on. And in the and the course of all of that happening, we got the really sad news about. Jeff Beck's passing, and I know you've, yeah. you've often talked about how, as um, a, a young man, a young guitar player, that, boy, he had a profound effect on you, didn't he? Well, yeah, you know, I, uh, I actually uh, went to see Jeff Beck with the Yardbirds at a place called Rock River Roller Rink in Byron. There was about 20 of us, so they went there oh. in an afternoon, because they were doing two shows at night, and then... Uh, a few years later, um, seeing Jeff Beck, uh, um, and actually sold him a guitar. I sold him the, the second Les Paul that he ever had. Had his guitar Les Paul been Paul. stolen, and then you stepped up and you you gave him a deal? I mean, you gave him a crazy good deal, as I recall. Well, let's see, yeah, it was 1968. I charged him 350 bucks. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> the car's worth a little bit more than that. Yeah, you think? <laughs> yeah, I think. Wow. And yeah, even I know that. <laughs> and uh, t- people probably know that one of the other things that you're known for, not only as as uh, as a member of Cheap Trick and and the guy that's thankfully stayed around the Chicago area all these years, but you are an amazing guitar collector. Last I heard, you literally had hundreds of guitars, right? Yeah, well, I've, I've owned about over two thousand instruments through the years. Oh, now I'm trying to pare that down so. I- I only have 500 guitars. <laughs> oh, you're you're my hero. And Steve tells me, yeah, but I, you know, and, and last week I bought uh, five more. What? <laughs> that I needed them. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a sad story. Somebody, a person I know that was a collector, mm-hmm. uh, he died, and his wife needed money. So, oh. after he died, she sold me five guitars. Oh my gosh! So you you have, as I've said to Steve many many times over the years, you have gas. Guitar, Guitar acquisition, acquisition syndrome. syndrome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But wow. but but the key the key word, Rick. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I keep telling Johnny this all the time, and I'm sure you will back me up. It's not that you want another guitar; it's that you need just one more guitar. Yeah, sort of like that. But you know, they, you know, if I had to pay retail for them, you know, they're too expensive to get like this stuff. So yeah. If I get a deal on them, I can't resist it. Yeah, I hear you. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, the stock market. <laughs> That's right. I think uh, I asked you this the last time we had you on the air, but I want to see if your answer may have changed. Johnny knows that if, God forbid, if there is ever a fire, as long as we're going to be okay, that the first thing she grabs is my 1959 Gibson ES355. I'm the only cool. owner, and it comes out with us. So if, God forbid, there's a fire, what is your it-has-to-go-with-you guitar? Um, uh, uh, 1958 uh, Gibson Explorer. They made 19 of them. I've got three of them. Whoa! They, they made 19, and you How, have three? Yeah. They, were, they were big failures in 58. Yep, boy, wow. were they. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to see that puppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, go to uh, Gibson TV, the collection. Rick yeah. Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But, well. But this week. This week, you're going to be flipping the switch. That, that's really kind of a cool. It's a nice, uh, nice honor. And, and thank you for, for being a part of this whole ceremony with Gigantar. That's very cool. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's being made by a. Uh, by Shannon, who's the number one Beatle artist in the world. And uh, she did all the uh, murals in, in every room at the hotel, at the Hard Day's Night Hotel in Liverpool, England. Wow. And I've been friends with her for 100 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's she actually did, drew the, the the caricature of me uh, uh, for the Rock and Vodka ad, too. Oh, really? She's, and she built this guitar. I think it's going to... Uh, the place where Bruce Springsteen used to hang out at the Stone Stone Pony. Yeah, it. it uh, I think it left. It's driving here to, to Joliet. Yeah, it left the Stone Pony today, and it's headed toward Champagne, and it's going to come up Route sixty six and end up in Joliet by Friday. Have you actually seen the pictures of her working on it? Because as I said earlier, she's on a twelve foot ladder. She's at the top. She looks tiny next to this thing. It is so. <laughs> it is in fact gigantar. Yeah, well, she, she's talented enough, and she's nuts enough to get to do that. <laughs> I guess you have to be. You're right. As I told Ron Romero, I just want to know what kind of strings they put on that puppy. <laughs> he said heavy duty. Big ones. <laughs> Big ones, yes. We're talking with Rick Nielsen, and Rick is going to be there on Friday. And again, it, this is not a paying event. This is just you can come out, you can enjoy watching one more step at the museum. And this is a huge step for them to get this big sign hanging up outside. And as Ron said, they have every intention of getting the first floor open up sometime early this year so that's very cool too but when you come out on friday hopefully the weather will cooperate and then rick is going to flip the switch and turn the light on that gigantic guitar 24 cool. feet tall i can't wait to get electrocuted i mean oh, no, stop <laughs> it <laughs> uh, we have to take a quick break rick can, can you hang with us for just a couple more minutes I can do that. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay, we'll take a break. Stay with us at WGN. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. (laughs) It just seemed a little weird. But now we're the mommies and daddies. Yeah, really. (laughs) We're talking with Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick. Rick, just before we broke, you mentioned that you you hoped you didn't get electrocuted from Gigantar. Have you ever been electrocuted while you were performing? I've been shocked, but... uh... Not electrocuted, I probably wouldn't be talking to you. <laughs> well, no, Les Paul used to tell us how many times he'd been electrocuted. And I'd say, shocked. He'd go, no, yep. girl, electrocuted. <laughs> <It's> okay. 
But that, yeah, well, you know, I, I know a bunch of uh, different musicians that did. Yeah, like Keith Keith Ralph from the Yardbirds got electrocuted. Hmm. And that that used to, yeah that used to be a bigger problem back in the uh, in the fifties uh, before we had all the shielded cables and things that we do now. But it was much more common to be holding your guitar and grab a microphone and ouch, oops, didn't want to do that again. Yeah, well, it, it, the, the technology hasn't moved that far. <laughs> you've you've got we've well, been congratulations pl- to you guys on your new show. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, sometime, if you find yourself in the downtown area, we'd love to get you in the studio some night and hang out with us. Some pretty fancy digs we've got here. Yeah. Well, good. I, I'll, I'll come in if I'm if I'm nearby. If I'm running over to peace or something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You were on tour last year with uh, Rod Stewart, right? Uh, a cheap Trick yeah. uh-huh. hit the road. And you had a lot of dates and even though last year was still kind of that we were getting our legs after being on lockdown and, you know, skittish about going out, uh, this coming year, 2023, are you going to hit the road again? Oh, yeah. Well, we just played last night and the night before. We were uh, near Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday night and Friday night we were in Idaho someplace. We, we drove right by that, uh, that Moscow, Idaho, too. And you're headed to Texas, aren't you? I think I, I saw you're going to be at the Buddy yeah, Holly. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, the Buddy so. Holly uh, Theater. And, yeah, and then we're also uh, out with Rod Stewart. We didn't finish all the dates. We have another month with Rod, I think most of us in Canada. Wow. And and, and we have uh, Japan again. We were supposed to be there in December, but uh, we were in November, December, and then we said we moved it till next year. Everything was sold out, too. It was like, the, oh my kind of God. sad that we didn't do it, but... And they're kind of picky about uh, that. And plus, you know, we did go to uh, Australia uh, this past year, too. Mm-hmm. During this whole period of time, were you able to stay healthy during? The, I mean, you're out there amongst all the people, amongst your friends and your fans. Well, yeah, you know, it was pretty organized because we, we don't have any meet and greets anymore, mm-hmm. which means we don't see, you know, fans come back to see us or whatever. We just don't do that. Right. And when we were in, in Australia, uh, there it was Stone Temple Pilots mm-hmm. and Bush we were out with, too. And we all left at different times, and we all came back at different times. We were never together with the other band. Huh. Yeah, so it was kind of weird, but it was um, it we did what we had to do. Yeah. Anytime you go to Japan, is it still as crazy as it, as it was uh, back in the 70s when you go back to Japan? Uh, well, Steve, put it this way. You'd move over there in a skinny minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's, it's fantastic there. Yeah. The, the people are great, and the culture is great. And, uh, and they, they're so crazy, they like us. Yeah. Well, I, I know they must recognize you when you're on the streets. Yeah. 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 yeah I do. It is. It's, it's really odd. Yeah. Just being from the Midwest, you know, it's like... We played all over the place here. It was like, went there and it was like, we were like, we were, we were well known there. You were rock stars for real. Yeah. (laughs) Rick, I Um, I have to get you to explain something. I came across a picture that was so wonderful. I think it was from a couple years ago. You have on a jacket that down the back of the jacket at the top is your name and your wife, Karen's name. And then there's like 20 names that go down the back of your jacket. I love this picture. Are those the names of your kids and grandkids? Yes, you are correct. That is amazing. Yeah, I, de- yeah, I designed that uh, 
uh, jacket to look, you know, with all everybody's names on it, and, and it was it's kind of some press clippings too. I had it made into cloth, you know, instead of I made had the like paper turned into cloth. And this guy that I met over in England, uh, he made me about five of them. And the one I had is looks like a zipper going down the back. Yeah, uh, has all my all my kids' names. So if I if I forget their names or the grandkids' names, <laughs> I just have to take my jacket off. Oh my gosh! How many grandkids do you have? How many? How many do you want? Oh, my, <laughs> please! Now you have you have uh, you have two sons that twelve. You have twelve grandkids, and you have two sons that work with you oftentimes, right? Yeah, Miles works with me, and Dax. Works with Cheap Trick all the time too. All the time. And Aaron, my oldest son, he's a pro golfer, and he, but now he's got a, a six handicap, got a wife, a job, and four kids. <laughs> oh, ouch! Okay, be honest, Rick. Yeah. When you first picked up a guitar in your wildest dreams, did you think at this point in your life you would still be playing the guitar and still loving it as much as you obviously do? Uh. <laughs> Uh, I didn't think I'd be alive. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think anything about it. It's like, I, you know, I should have practiced more. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay, but, you know, it's like I worked more on songwriting than I did uh, on guitar playing. Yeah. And, uh, and you can tell if you see me. <laughs> well, what, what's, the, what's the best song, whether it was a hit or not, what's the best song you feel you've ever written? Mm-hmm. I've written a bunch of losers too. But, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, I always tell people like I said, I want you to want me. I, I said, I wish you could be that st- stupid more often. But, uh, <laughs> I wrote it. In, I wrote it in you know three minutes, uh-huh. and, it's, it, and uh, you know it was just sort of kind of it reminded me when I've grown up uh, turning on the TV and I was watching Gabby Hayes on <laughs> black and white TV and. And, and where the guitar solo is, that should have been a clarinet solo. Hmm. Uh, but actually, we did that with, uh, we did a different version with Steve Albini uh, over his place, Electrical mm-hmm. Audio in town. And we did have a a, sax, or a, a clarinet player that came in and played it for us. Hmm. It was we call it the bu- the bummer version. The bummer version. <laughs> uh, there was a sweet little show that sadly was not renewed Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I Want You to Want Me was featured in that. Now, did that come as a surprise to you, or did they have to contact you to ask you if they could use the song? Well, no, usually they contact us, but they don't have to ask us. Which, which show were you talking about? Uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. The one that was on NBC. Oh, yeah. You know, it's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's done by uh, Dwight Yoakam. It's done by... Oh, yeah. Um, well, uh, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the the reason Johnny asked you about that is because I'll never forget the conversation we had with Dwayne Eddy. He and his grandson and his wife, they went to see Forrest Gump. And there's this scene where Forrest Gump is running across the field and Rebel Rouser started playing. And Dwayne had no, no idea, idea that the song was going to be in the movie. Nobody had asked him. Yeah. He said he wanted to jump up in the theater and say, "That's me." <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I don't blame him. Actually, Dwayne, he's one of the few people that I got the autographs from. I got one from Dick Biondi, I got one from Dwayne Eddy, oh. and I got one from Sting for my daughter. Uh, she was three years old, 
And, but it's like, I've gone to movies and it's like, whoa. Like when I went and saw the Buddy Holly story. Mm-hmm. I said, it was all, all pretty good. Except they, they brought up the guitars. The guitars were made last week. Yep. I, I would have loaned them. I would have loaned them guitars. You know, I had the real things. Mm-hmm. So that bugged me. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. So any when the very last show that Conan did. Uh, when, oh when yeah. On the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. He played. Uh, he played Surrender. Mm-hmm. Start mm-hmm. to finish, like four minutes of him running across the United States. That's I had right. No idea they were going to do that. Mm. It was like cool. That yeah, very cool. Well, yeah. speaking of guitars, again, I have a feeling this is going to haunt me, the fact that you still own 500, because Steve says, well, I only have 55. Come on, honey. Yeah. We don't have enough room for them. You have, your, you, have, you have a place to put yours. I told Steve, get a place, and, and you and your guitars go. And Rick, Rick you kind of... a couple places. Yeah. You, you can identify with this, Rick. Johnny has hundreds of pairs of shoes, and I only have 55 guitars. I mean, come on. <laughs> 55 come on get with it <laughs> See? yeah get with it right yeah. what? did you say 55 guitars melda? yes melda marcos no i'm not a melda marcos i i i, I he exaggerates trust me <laughs> it makes not him feel much. better no yeah rick thank you so much for joining us tonight it's, it's always fun to talk with you it and, is. and seriously if your schedule ever works out when you're going to be in the downtown area, we would love to have you in the studio and hang out for a Absolutely. while. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. Well, let's, let's do it. All right. Stay okay. safe and be careful out there. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Rick. Thanks a lot, Good Rick. Night. Did I really hear 55 guitars? Yes, you yeah. heard 55 yeah. guitars. But, I, I can't even remember the last time that I had a stereo in my house, much less a musical <laughs> instrument. That's a quite well, that's quite a collection. I have to say, though, they are they're like works of art, and uh, like Rick Nielsen said, sometimes a, a deal comes along. It's better than the stock market, yep. and you get some, some guy needs some money, and he says, "You know what? I don't play this guitar." And, and gave up. I'm serious about this. Uh, uh, each guitar teaches me something different. There's a different song or a different way to play in, in every guitar. I drank the Kool-Aid. I believe that wholeheartedly because I hear it all the time. And I actually think they look beautiful around our house. I just would like to have a bigger house so that, that we could get around them easier. Because <laughs> I'm always fearful I'm going to stumble and fall on one of them, and I'll never live that one down. <laughs> well, uh, thanks to Rick Nielsen. Uh, for joining us, uh, he he'd been on the road, and, oh, and frankly, yes. he just got home and was nice enough to stay up late and talk with us. So, yeah. uh, we got a lot more coming up. Stay with us on WGN Saturday night in Chicago. By the way, for those of you who may just be joining us and wondering what the heck, who the how the what the, the <laughs> we just went through that. What the heck, who yeah. the how the yeah, we we oh, do that quite frequently. It's after midnight. We're going to be hanging out here uh, every Saturday night. Uh, from 9 p.m. until 2 a.m., unless, as was the case tonight, there's a Hawks game that runs a little late. And that's going to be the case again uh, next week. The next two weeks, in fact. Yeah, we'll be starting next week at 1030, 10.30, as we did tonight. And the week after that, I think we started 12.30. Yeah. And That's... then the week after that, we start at 9 o'clock. So <laughs> it's kind of like a ping pong ball. We're sort of all over the map. When the Hawks are done for the season, then it's going to be a 9 to 2 a.m. And this is episode number two of Stephen Johnny 2.0. And as we said last week, uh, when we kicked off the show, we're going to have some regular guests on our show. They're going to join us on a monthly basis. So uh, Tom Appel stopped by last week. 
so that you would get to know Tom again. And he talks about cars. And Gino does some showbiz uh, rundowns for us. And he'll stop by. And uh, the other person, who by popular demand... We'll stop by and talk about technology and computers and such is our very own Patrick Crispin. And And, Patrick uh, is the uh, Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine at USC. And it's his night tonight. So if you have questions about computers or technology, you can text us or call us at 312-981-7200. We opened up a can of worms last week, and we're going to spend some time talking about that, too. We'll get back to it. But before we open up the can of worms, uh, Patrick, before we get to computer stuff, I have to ask you, because uh, a lot of people are concerned because they know you are out in Los Angeles and with all the the rains and flooding and stuff, uh, you doing okay? What's the latest in your neck of the woods? Well, first of all, let me say woohoo, or actually with all the rain, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it has been like, I've been here in Los Angeles now almost 25 years. This is probably the second worst rain we've had, just the most amount of it we've had since the last El Nino, uh, which is like 20 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's, there are certain parts of California, Northern California got hit badly, um, certainly up in Montecito had uh had some major flooding the other thing is you have to remember that surrounding los angeles are a bunch of mountains very very tall mountains um so much so that you know when the air is clear this is actually a very alpine sort of area around us and when there are fires and fire season's coming um, they burn through the mountains because it's almost impossible for you to put out a fire on a vertical surface that goes up and down. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening when there's rain is there's mudslides, like tremendous oh, mudslides, yeah. because mm-hmm. all the trees and all the ground covering have burned away. So not only are we getting flooding, but we're also getting mudslides mm-hmm. in some of our previous burn areas. So fortunately, we're very, very lucky. We we actually live on the fourth floor in our in, in Pasadena. So um, if there was a flood here, it would be basically you know two of every animal uh, joining, us, joining yeah. Noah on the ark. Yeah. Wow. Well, we knew, we knew it was getting really bad when we saw that portions of the 101 were being closed down this past week. Very much so. So the 101 was shut down. Uh, portions of the uh, of the PCH were shut down. Uh, portions of the Angeles Crest Highway, which is up uh, you know up on top of Mount Wilson and sort of behind it, um, that's been that's closed for we don't know how long. The road wow. up there is just now so unstable because of of the water. So and, and I guess and for, we're up we're up for a couple more days of rain. Yeah, for for people in the Chicago area. Would it be a fair comparison to say the 101 that would be as if the Dan Ryan or Kennedy were being closed down? It would Pretty have, an, much, have yes. an impact on that many people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening is because it gets so cold at night and it's raining up in the higher elevations, you end up getting snow. And to get out of Southern California, really, there are only a couple major highways through the mountains. You've got the Interstate 5 that goes through the Grapevine, and then you've got Interstate 15 through the Cajon Pass. And anytime the snow is down to like 4,000 feet, 
uh, those become impassable, and getting out of Southern California becomes almost impossible, at wow. least in, in a car. Yeah, mm. yeah. And now, folks, you know why the governor has been saying all day on the news, please, if you can stay home, stay home, yeah. at least for the next yes. few days, because really, we don't know how unstable some of the roads are because yeah. of it. And I've seen some of the, um, I've got a cousin that's a trucker, and she is trying to take that route uh, from Whoa. from north to south, and she said it is scary. Mm-hmm. Every morning when I get up and I look at my route, I think, okay, I'm just going to pray I get to that point because you don't know what you're going to be encountering in this rain. Mm. Well, my hat scope, my hat goes off to all of the overroad truckers, especially yeah. in this weather. Absolutely. But how about uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and then we'll get to, yes. as Johnny said, there was a can of worms that opened up last yes. week. We want to uh, <laughs> revisit to that, that because some things have happened over the past week. And if you have kids in school, this might even affect them. You don't know, but you need to be in the know. So stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking uh, computers with Patrick Crispin. And last week... A can of worms was opened. Prompted by a text from Patrick who said, this may be the most exciting thing (laughs) since the beginning of the Internet. And I said, please take some time and explain this, young man. And we were talking about uh, this um, artificial intelligence. Is it safe to call it a program, Patrick, called ChatGPT? It is. That's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Because uh, it's, a plat- it's a platform, but yes. It's a platform. And oh, you, you give the mini version as you did last week, and then we'll take it from there. So what it does is it allows you to go in and type in a text box, a prompt. And behind the scenes, we call it artificial intelligence. It's actually generative machine learning. And what it does is... It reads what you wrote and then uses that as a writing prompt to create brand new content. The example I gave last week was um, I told ChatGPT, you are a soldier at Valley Forge, period. It's you want to send an email to your mother telling her that you are cold but fine. Write the email. And it wrote an email, well, actually a regular text letter, which was saying, you know, we're, I'm here fighting for the birth of my country. And it's like, whoa, where did that mm-hmm. come from? And it really does generate new content. What you do is you just basically say, okay, I want you to pretend that you're this. I want you to pretend that you are a reporter for the Chicago Tribune and you are a fan of the Chicago White Sox. I want you to talk to me about what's going on with the White Sox offseason. Technically, it shouldn't be able to answer that because ChatGPT doesn't answer things that are over a couple years old, um, it, it, or the information in it is, is not current. Mm-hmm. But it will still do a really good job of it. So the big concern in schools is, could it be used by students to cheat? And the answer is, hell yes. Mm -hmm. It's trivial for students to use this to cheat. Hmm. Because what you do is you just copy and paste the writing prompt and paste it in there, and 
chat GPT will write your paper for you. No. You can say write a five paper, a five page essay on the themes of great expectation, and it will write a decent, not a fantastic, but a decent five paragraph essay for you that you could technically cut and paste and turn in. Hmm. So. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, <laughs> I was raised with the wonder of cliff notes. Woohoo! Look at this. Yep. I have cliff notes. Just think. You don't need cliff. You can oh. actually go to ChatGPT and say, give me a summary of Moby Dick. And you got it right there. And you can say, give me a summary of Moby Dick, chapter 32. And it will give me a summary of what happened in wow. chapter 32. Now this is so new. Say, yeah. This this actually didn't didn't hit the streets and and, and cause this big buzz until like November of last year, right? November thirtieth is when it was released oh my to gosh. the general public. It's not even two months old, and now the and new, it, it, it has just gone like wildfire. The New York public school system has announced that they are banning it. Teachers, students, you cannot use this tool. <laughs> I think that's tremendously short-sighted. Uh, and, and actually, one of, the, one of the things I do in, in my side job, I work as the director of educational technology for our medical school, but I also teach in our education school. I teach a doctoral-level economics course. And I'm my first class on Wednesday, and one of the things that I told my students is, is, okay, your first assignment is you're going to write a problem statement about a problem in your workplace. I want to show you ChatGPT. And I literally opened up ChatGPT, took my writing prompt, put it in there, and showed the students in class that ChatGPT could be used as a, not to write your paper for you, but just as a tool maybe to help you see how somebody else would do it. Hmm. And one of the things I get from all my students every semester is, can you give me an example or an exemplary paper uh, that shows what you know what I should write. Not that I want to copy it, but I just want to see what could be written. Well, ChatGPT can do that for you. If you ever need to say, okay, I'm, I'm stuck, and I had this problem uh, just yesterday, where I needed to find some way to in my resume update my resume where I was saying, yeah, I actually moved departments, but I kept the cha- same job responsibility, and, and I don't know how to put that in something that would look good on a resume. I went to ChatGPT and said, hey, can you offer me a suggestion on this? Really? It gave me a suggestion. I didn't take it, but it was good enough to start me thinking about this as, oh, this is really cool. I think the idea of, of blocking this, saying you can't use this, it's kind of like what happened when you and I were and, and Steve were in school where it's like, you are not allowed to use calculators. Under no circumstances yeah. are you allowed to use calculators. You, you are not going to have a calculator in your pocket when you grow up. Mm-hmm. And well, to, it's like, well, technically, you're right. I have three. Uh, <laughs> two, <laughs> and, two, but, two things come to mind. One, I can understand, and there have been times when I would like to see an example of, okay, this is the kind of thing you're interested in. Okay, I can now do that. Having said that, what safeguards do you as a teacher have to look at what is submitted to assure yourself this was not just chat GPT that uh, spit this all out? Well, part of it is at at elite schools, you, you rely on the honor code. 
And the students really do hold true to the honor code. The other thing is there are technical tools out there. There's a tool that was created basically over the break uh, by a uh, undergraduate, I think, at Princeton University. Tell me if I'm wrong on this one. Um, who created something called ChatGPT Zero. And what it does is it tells you the likelihood of copied and pasted text, whether or not that's human-generated or computer-generated. So there are ways for you to to check on that but mm-hmm. honestly so then you're using artificial intelligence to to, to <laughs> disprove artificial intelligence tell on artificial intelligence <laughs> huh? which is which actually reminded me i was logging into chat gpt tonight uh, before the show and one of the things that asked me to do is to type in my email address and then click a box saying i'm not a robot and it's like Oh, you're asking me that I'm not a robot. Okay, yeah. sure. That's good. <laughs> now, in California, we said that New York, they have flat out, this isn't even two months right. old. They've said we're banning it among teachers and among students. Uh, has California taken a stand? Because I know Chicago Public Schools came out the other day and said they have not blocked chat GPT on school networks, and it remains under district review for potential risks to students. Now, this is their actual statement. A spokesperson said Chicago Public Schools were committed to providing students with a rigorous and engaging educational experience that incorporates technological advances. This includes tools that help students explore budding career pathways. So, so I think the important thing here is the parentheses, we haven't blocked it yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I, I'm not sure blocking it's a smart idea. It's sort of like, you know, spell check. Do you want to block spell check? And it's like, no, I depend on spell check, even though, mm-hmm. you know, I did learn how to spell. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the, the, the concern about it, but I think teaching this as being, oh, we're not even going to talk about it. Let's pretend it goes away. We gave you the example of calculators. Calculators didn't go away. Mm-hmm. We get, um, another example is Wikipedia. When M- Wikipedia became really big in the late 90s and early aughts, Schools were terrified of it. They're saying, "No, oh my gosh, you yeah. cannot use Wikipedia. You, it, no way. It's just, it's just terribly evil, and it's completely wrong." And it turns out, first of all, it's not terribly wrong. Um, second of all, it's a great place for you to get started doing research, especially if you can go back to the source documents down at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the weaknesses of ChatGPT that I hope they fix, and there are also some other um, artificial intelligences that are coming. It doesn't tell you where it got its information from. So we mentioned last week that ChatGPT, when it gets things wrong, it gets it spectacularly and confidently wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem is, if you don't know enough about the subject, you're going to turn in something, again, if you use it to cheat, you're going to turn in something that is just flagrantly wrong hmm. and it's going to be obvious that you get caught okay let, let, let me go back to your calculator example how do you as a teacher and i'm expecting you to speak for all teachers uh, <laughs> how do you instill something in your students that makes sure that you don't run into the kind of situation that johnny and i and any of a number of our friends have run into in a grocery store you're trying to get change the computer is down 
The person who is trying to give you change doesn't know how to figure change because they don't have their calculator handy. You know, I mentioned earlier the five-paragraph essay. There is no better experience for writing a five-paragraph essay than writing a five-paragraph essay over and over and over and over again. And it's not terribly difficult in a class to give students paper and a pencil and say, okay, here's the topic, write, put together your three statements, say, I'm going to talk about this, this, and this, here's this, transition, here's this, transition, here's this, transition. By the way, I just talked about this, this, and this. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and th- learning how to write at that level is just one of those skills that isn't going to go away. What you can do is just say, okay, we're not going to use the Internet for this, or we are. And if you need something to kind of prompt you, you know, you can use search engines. You can use chat GPT. You can use all the tools that are available to you. But we expect you to create your own content, your own work. We expect you to think. Yeah, it is going to require educators to rethink our assignments. It's, It's not going to be as simple as... You know, let me write a simple thing that gives me a summary of what what, what Miss Havisham went through in Great Expectations. Um, you need to actually come up with something that's a little more, you know, where, where the students are going to have to tie it back to something in their lives, hmm. which is actually good learning to begin with. Yeah. To tie what you're teaching back to the students' real world. Okay, now that we've dealt with that can of worms, we're we're, we're going to put the lid back on for a couple minutes. It's going to be interesting to watch, too, though, as it's being handled in Chicago and in California, now that New York has taken a stand on chat GPT. More coming up. Just stop it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad, it's good. I love this. It is bad, but it's good. And it gets even gooder. (laughs) Yeah, we may have to... It, yeah. At some point in the future, we'll play the whole thing. It, That's about 15 years old. Yeah. And you just unearthed I was just it. trolling for some computer jams, and, and this said, jumped up, and I thought, and these, yeah, that's And the two fun. guys that are sitting on the couch playing yeah. harmonica and guitar remind me of Cheech and Chong, with their sunglasses on, yeah. sitting in their living room, and it, the song gets worse, in a good way. Trust oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is so much fun. Well, we're talking computers, and that's why we had to... <clears throat> Stick that little ditty in there. <laughs> I should give a blatant plug. Uh, the song is called Computer Blues. And it's by the uh, Tucson. T U C S O N C A T. Tucson Cat. Cat or, or Set? Cat. Cat. Okay. C-A-T. Okay. Probably so, a couple of Arizona dudes that are living yeah. the good life out there. <laughs> Hopefully they're still around because it was 15 years ago. Patrick, I expect that to be on your playlist. <laughs> Oh, and and I'm honored that you would spend so much time, because that's what makes this show great. It isn't the questions, it's not the answers. The music is what makes this show. Yes, there you go. Okay, I want to get to some serious stuff, because I told you, I'd come across an article, it was uh, in the New York Times, and the article was all about, in fact, the headline was Rest in Peace Passwords. Well, that got my attention because I had a, I had a senior moment the other day where I literally forgot my password. And the more I tried to think of it, the worse it got. 
and, and you know that's very scary because you know you get to a point in your life when you start thinking could i be developing dementia what's happening here so i became my worst and my own worst enemy because I, and finally i stood up and i said to steve i don't even think i know my social security number what's happening to me it was crazy and see the the thing that I, that i've tried to do and so far knock on wood it has worked well for me i say okay I'm coming back to this and just leave it on the hard drive in my brain, and, and that swirls around for a while. And sure enough, at some point, when I'm not stressed thinking about yes. it, it will just pop well, out. You you did make you did get my mind off of it by talking me down off the ledge, and then all of a sudden, there was my password, just like that. But the New York Times article was about this thing called passkey, and they claim that if passkey becomes common, we won't be using passwords. Is that right, Patrick? It is the plan. It is absolutely where we're headed. Now, let's bury the lead. You don't have to worry about this yet. It's still a while away from us. But it's nice to know that it's coming. AI is going to be the big thing in 2023, followed by you've got the Apple with their, their augmented reality headset. This thing's 2024, 2025. Really? But yeah, it's, it's very, very slow to come out. But what's different is anytime there's a standard, say that some, you know, Apple decides that they're going to do something, what ends up happening is what Apple does only works with Apple devices. And then Google decides that they're going to go out and do something, and Google stuff only works with Chrome and their 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 Android phones. And if Microsoft says, oh, we're going to do something, and then you have this just tremendous standards war, that's not what's going on here. I think everybody recognizes that passwords are just terrible. As you mentioned, we're horrible at memorizing passwords. We're horrible at coming up with secure passwords. Mm -hmm. And when you want to get into another system, there really are three ways that you can sort of identify yourself. There's something you know. Normally, it's just your password. Although at your uh, at the gas pump, it could be your your zip code. There's something you have, which could be your phone. It could be you know maybe your watch. It could be your credit card. And then there's something you are. Something you are is basically your biometrics. That could be your voice. It could be your picture. Or it could be a whole bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. But normally what ends up happening is you end up typing in a username and password, which is something you know, and that's stored on the remote site somewhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And they have a list of all the users and they have a list of all the passwords. And if somebody breaks into the master password list at that remote site, if the remote site isn't doing really good security, they haven't salted and hashed, don't worry about this. <laughs> if they haven't salted and hashed their password list and encrypted it, um, all the passwords are going to be exposed, and then blah, 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 and, and, and even the user database is going to be exposed, and it gets really, really bad. So the idea of that of this is instead of you saving your username and password on Google, or on Apple or Microsoft or PayPal, you actually have a key, an encryption key that is stored on your computer that you then share one time with Apple or Google or Microsoft. And it's a different key for each one of those sites. Oh. And when you go to log in, it says, 
oh, hi, Johnny. It already knows who you are. And it makes it much easier for you to log back into that site. So it's a much, much, much secure, more secure platform or a much much more secure way of doing it. The people who are working on this, it's something called the FIDO Alliance, which is a silly name, but it means Fast ID Online. And it's basically Apple sat down with Google, sat down with Microsoft, sat down with MasterCard, Visa, pretty much everybody. And everybody said, you know what? Passwords are terrible. Let's all agree on the same standard. Mm-hmm. Now, so this is coming up very soon, in the next couple of years, where the days of username and passwords are going to go away. You don't need to have a username and password. We're just not there yet. It's um, there are only a, a handful of of websites and browsers and things like that that, that support this. But if you played around and used sign in with Apple or sign in with Google, it's very similar. But instead of your keys being stored on Apple or Google, your keys are going to be stored on your hard drive on your mm. computer. And okay, the, the, it's actually going to make life easier. The, then my first right. my first question would be, what would prevent someone from hacking into your computer mm-hmm. and then getting that information from your hard drive and doing with it as they choose? Two things. One, most new computers, Windows 10, Windows 11, and most Macs, are now using biometrics to be able to authenticate. So before this information even goes out, your computer is going to verify that the person who's actually doing the interacting with the computer is actually physically the person who's supposed to do this. Second thing is, I still think for a lot of the high-value websites out there, and again, we're still in the very early days of this FIDO alliance, I think two-factor authentication is still going to be there. So even if somebody does hack your computer, I still think there's going to be Google Authenticator or um, not a very secure way of doing this, but the text message to your phone where it gives you a six-digit code Mm -hmm. where hopefully that's going to provide an extra level of security. It's not just going to be where somebody can get into your computer. I also do think that Microsoft and Apple are are already taking the privacy and the security of their computers very, very seriously. So should somebody come in and try to fish you, and a good example of that is, say, I, I send an email to Steve and say, hi, I'm Bank of America. I need mm-hmm. you to click on this. Right. You click on this website, and it's actually Bank of Armenia. Um, because the key is tied to the, the real site, it's actually going to sit there and say, nope, I'm not letting you in there. Mm-hmm. So even if somebody gets in, gets the keys, they can't do it. They could still get into your system and then connect to the web, which is why I still say it's still a couple of years away, hmm. but it's a really exciting time as we start thinking of a passwordless future. But even with it's that, a scary my, time. But yeah. <laughs> even with that, my pea-sized brain says I don't think two or even three-factor identification is going away for a long time. I think it's no. a good safeguard, no, regardless of what system you're using. 
And what we mean by that, too, is when you get that message that says, before you can sign into your bank, we're going to send you a code to your phone. Don't right. grumble about that. That's, that's a, a good, good thing. That's a very good thing. Yes. That's go, oh, really yay. Good and if they give you the option of signing up for two-factor authentication, do yes, absolutely do it. Do it, it. Do it. And if it means, okay, oh, it, it's a yeah. little bit of a hassle, you got to do it. We're going to take a... One, go ahead. Uh, hold your thought. We'll take a quick break. And uh, if you want to uh, text us or give us a call, 312-981-7200, 312-981-7200. If you have any computer questions, problems, whatever, more coming up. Stay with us. i got the computer blues. I want to go to the computer yard. Yes. <laughs> We're working hard in the computer, the computer yard. yard. You can text us or call us at 312-981-7200. But number again, 312-981-7200. We're talking with Patrick Crispin. He is the uh, Director of Educational Technology at the Keck School of Medicine at USC. And now the question is, Patrick, a listener, and yours truly say, if we can't have passkey for a couple of years, and she <laughs> says, really, a couple of years, what do we do until then? You have talked before about programs where you can gather all of your passwords together. What is that, and what do you recommend? There are actually a couple password managers out there that I recommend. I was, for the longest time, a LastPass fan, and I'm not anymore. I can't recommend it. There, um, they had a security be- breach really? back in August. Yep. Somebody then used that to get access to all the users <gasps> and all of the users' passwords. Now, the passwords are encrypted. So even if somebody has access to it, they can't get into it without your LastPass master password. If you're a LastPass user, change your LastPass master master password right now and never, ever, ever give any human being your old password. Uh, But to answer your question, really the one that jumps out at me right now is one called 1Password, just the number one password. It's from about $36 a year per computer. Uh, I really, really, really like it. Um, it's a much more secure system. It is very easy to use. What you do is you install it on your computer, and then really the first time you log in to a website, it says, hey, do you want me to remember this username and password and encrypt this for you so no one else can see it? And then every time you go back to that website, it just automatically types in that password for you. Mm -hmm. LastPass did that for me. I have hundreds of websites that I have to go now change. The other one is if you want a free one, there's uh, something called Bitwarden, B-I-T-W-A-R-D-E-N, as in the warden for AJL, B-I-T-W-A-R-D-E-N. It's free. You can upgrade to for about $10 a year. I still think 1Password is a much more robust platform. If I were to go out today, I can't recommend LastPass, but 1Password is a phenomenal password manager, and it's one I recommend for everybody. Hmm. Okay, and and again, uh, 1Password, that's the number one, then the word password. And And it costs uh, how much? 36 bucks a year for each computer. Yeah, it's from $36 a year, and then if you want to add more computers, it's not it's not an additional $36. It's just the oh. incremental cost. Okay, yeah. gotcha. All right. Yeah. Uh, I sent you this from a 708 area code <laughs> that wants to know, and this is on Facebook, 
And God bless you all. If you have come across this, I, I saw it on my very own Facebook page, two places this morning, and then this comes in. <clears throat> Patrick, is this legit? To regain friends in your newsfeed and get rid of ads, hold your finger anywhere in this post and click copy. Go to your page where it says what's on your mind, tap your finger anywhere in the blank field, click paste. This upgrades the system. Hello, new and old friends. It's sad we have to keep doing this to kill the ads and see our friends. Mm. I will try it again and see what happens. What will happen, Patrick? That's the question. Um, Basically, it's a chain letter, and congratulations, you fell for a chain letter. And no, it's absolutely not going to do anything. Uh, Facebook is absolutely an advertising company. That's how they make their money. There's no way you're going to stop Facebook ads from showing up. They're going to target you based on what you've done, and that's how they make their money. So copying and pasting some sort of copy pasta into your Facebook feed has no impact on the ads that you see. And even going and putting in an ad blocker like uBlock Origin uh, in your web browser isn't going to block Facebook's ads because Facebook serves their own ads. They're their own advertising company. It's just the the price of doing business with Facebook when, mm-hmm. when you're using Facebook. And that's true with any of the different platforms out there, including TikTok and Instagram and, and, and you name them, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be advertising. That's how they pay their bills. If you're not paying for it, you're the product. Well, speaking you're, of you're Facebook and advertising, you will periodically get various ads on Facebook, and Facebook gives you this option of click here and say, I don't want to see this ad anymore, blah, blah, blah. There is an ad that has been popping up I don't know how many times in my Facebook feed the past week. It's it's just an ad. It has to do with puppies. <laughs> and I'm tired of seeing of it. <laughs> I have clicked on it. I clicked on this. I really don't want to see this anymore about four or five times. And I'm still seeing it. So, I so, maintain so, you're so telling my, them that you're So my main, my main question is, what does this do? I mean, why does Facebook even say, do this and we'll make it go away if you do this? And it ain't going to make it go away. First of all, they're re- they're they're recording your reaction, mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, he didn't like this. Let's find somebody else, something else to target to him." No, but it's this, it's the same damn ad. <laughs> I, and trust me, I, I can top this. I got one. And first of all, I am probably the most straight laced guy you know. Um, I keep getting ads on Facebook for, and I'm not making this up. The Empire strips back. It is a burlesque show in Los Angeles. (laughs) Is it because you went to the Empire State Building? I have no idea why it's doing this for me, which I think is just hysterical because it's like, okay, you're the last. That's not going to happen. I also think it's very funny. I think it's funny that warm puppies can make Steve angry, that they push him to the point of saying, go away. It's just it, it was coming up literally every time I would sign on to Facebook. There it would be, and I thought, okay, I want this to go. Okay, I really want this to go. I want to make it go away. Why isn't it going away? Yeah, I, see, I, I, well, I mean, 
I have a theory. They're targeting you. Um, uh, My theory is, basically, it's kind of like you're saying, I'm alive, I'm out here. So they got a reaction out of you. They don't care what the reaction is. They just know that, oh, somebody actually saw this ad. We have now proven that. It's an impression, and they're going to have an interaction. (laughs) And the cash register goes ching-ching, right? Cha-ching. Wow. Wow. Well... There's so many things that we could touch on. Thank you so much for addressing <laughs> that big old can of worms because I, we had some fascinating text after the fact. No, actually, it was on Facebook, on our show Facebook page last yeah. week on the subject of GPT. And you had Chat, some. It's the, the, it is the play, open AI, chat GPT. Uh, don't forget, Google's coming out in a couple months with Google Lambda and Google Palm. They're not out of this yet. This is going to be the year of AI. Mark this tape, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's why we're taking it slow, because, you know, you might say, well, I don't have kids in school. It doesn't matter. This is going to come. If you believe what Patrick is saying, this is here. This is inevitable. This is the baby step toward it becoming something that everybody's going to be talking about. I want to segue. Go ahead. One One sentence outro for you on this topic. CNET has admitted that since November, they have used AI to write their article. <gasps> what? Really? CNET? <laughs> CNET has admitted. It's not all of their articles, it's not, but CNET has used AI to write oh. their articles. Okay. If I'm a reporter, I'm either really ticked off by that or giddy. Yes. You know, I haven't just, I yep. got to think on that one. So is there one guy at CNET that has fired everybody else and is now just <laughs> using this to? <laughs> oh my! Gosh. We don't know, and I think they're still they still got a newsroom. I'm so Brian Cooley is not going anywhere. <laughs> sure, watch the space, um, Patrick. Thank you for being a regular on our show. Um, it's always interesting. It's a little overwhelming and a little scary at times. <laughs> And I'm still going back to the business of we can't have passkey for a couple of years. I said to Steve during a break, why? Why the hell is it taking a couple of years if this is supposed to make life easier for us? But we'll pick up on that in it's the future. It's only on a couple dozen websites right now. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Patrick. We'll and talk and real stay soon. on the fourth floor, Patrick. Yes. I shall. Thank All right. You. Take care. Bye-bye now. That's Patrick Crispin. And uh, I think on the – my apologies to uh, – uh, some people that had texted it. We'll, we'll, Patrick will be a, a regular guest on the yeah. show, so we'll get back to, to more of this. And um, th- every time we talk with Patrick, I realize how many things we didn't cover. I know. That's so we'll okay. have to have him back, and that, we will cover yes. them. So stay with us. More coming up. That's Jeff Beck doing the intro for Rod Stewart, and people get ready. And one of the amazing things about Jeff Beck's playing he was one of the few contemporary guitarists that never used picks. That is amazing. His tone was from his fingers and where he placed them on the guitar and obviously how he used uh, the uh, the vibratos and how he controlled mm-hmm. the tone of the guitar. But he, he never I, – I don't know that he ever used picks at any point in his career. And his playing was so tasteful too. Oh boy, was it! Because he could, you know, he could hot dog all he wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, play fast and flashy, 
But he yep. didn't have to. I talked to a, a couple of people uh, right after his passing who are f- fabulous guitarists. Joel Peters, uh, Patterson is one mm-hmm. of them. Um, our, our buddy Terry Stryker from Guitar Works, and we were uh, sharing text. And every person that plays guitar would look to him and say, yeah. he was so darn tasteful. Yeah. You know, there's one thing to, to just be flashy. And he could have done that and, and probably did in concert. And, and, and there were times, in fact, we'll play something in a couple minutes from a, a, a terrific show that Jeff did at the Iridium in New York with mm-hmm. Imelda May, where he was taking Les Paul's riffs and Jeff was doing Les right. Paul's riffs, uh, which are very fast and very flashy, mm-hmm. and he could do that, but he still brought his own. Uh, presence into it yeah yeah was here at the chicago theater with johnny depp or was it the chicago theater but it was back in october just a couple months ago because we heard from I, quite I think a few people it was people. the chicago theater it said uh, they were so happy they got to see him and um you know johnny depp okay but they had an, a, a great friendship too and and actually uh i'm gonna do an uh an audible um Andrew, can you bring up the cut with um, with Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp? Oh, I've not heard this. Yeah, th- this was from a it was a, a John Lennon song that the two of them did, and uh, it's actually uh, it's very well done. Hmm. And uh, th- this was uh, one of the things that they were doing on the tour mm-hmm. that they did together. And you got it? Okay. Let it fly. Death Beck makes it so much better. And this is a classic case of I have to set aside my opinion of the person yeah. to appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. Because if I heard this cold, I'd go, whoa, I really like this. I need mm-hmm. to get this on my playlist. But you see what I did? Yeah. I kind of said... You, you separate the person from the performance. Yeah, I said, ooh, Johnny Depp, really? But they're a good friend, so Jeff let him come along. Mm-hmm. But he's he's actually quite good. I'm, yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised. And, and I think it's a case where Jeff Beck made Johnny Depp raise his game. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at how good his voice is. Oh, he he can sing. But see, again, this is a case of me never going out of my way because I just don't like the man. So it's like I never <laughs> wanted to take the time to find out what he was all about when he wasn't being a creep. So uh, yeah, there are you know there are people in in movies you have to say I really don't like oh, this absolutely. person, but I've got to set that aside so I could appreciate it, their it, talent. And right on the top of my list is Tom Cruise. Yeah. I think everything I have seen about Tom Cruise makes me think that as much as I might like him, I could never like him as much as he likes him. His <laughs> ego is is huge. Having said that, as a performer, yeah, yeah. the the especially some of the stunts he, I, I think he's an adrenaline junkie, but easily, OMG, <laughs> yes. yeah. I saw um, it was a an advanced – no, it was a behind-the-scenes look 
at how they are filming one of the stunts for the next Mission Impossible movie. Oh, no. And the stuff they were doing is incredible, and his dedication to detail, mm-hmm. and he's not asking anybody to do something he won't do. In fact, he wants to do and will do his own stunts. So yeah. God bless him as a performer, <laughs> but as a person, I don't think I'd walk across the room to see him. Oh, that, that's just <laughs> much less get his autograph. Isn't that funny, though? Somebody asked this question on Facebook the other day. Um, what celebrity do you just go, ew, I just, for no good reason, there's absolutely no rhyme or reason, but you just, and I was surprised the number of people said Julia Roberts. Really? Yeah. Is it her laugh? What is it? I mean, she seems like a really happy-go-lucky person, yeah, I, I whether don't. or not you like her movies. But it's like Julia Roberts. Somebody wrote Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah, that that's who I would choose, too. And I was really kind of shocked by that. Um, and Tom Cruise did come up by his name popped up a number of times. I'm going to jump to the phones. Uh, if you want to give us a buzz, 312-981-7200. A dear old friend, Paul Whitcoff. Hey, Paul, how you doing, buddy? Paul. Hey, guys. How are you? Miss you so much. It's been much too long. Oh, my gosh. This is just a voice from our past. We grew up together, didn't we, Paul? <laughs> yeah, yes, we did. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, my I haven't seen you guys for a while. My kids grew up and went off to college and... And, and we, we should back up for for the for the rest of the class and explain that we first met Paul back when you were promoting records uh, several lifetimes ago. Honest to goodness, records, right, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and you know one of the things that prompted me to call was I had this incredible Jeff Beck memory that I, I just had to share, and it was when I was working for Sony Music in 1989. I lived in Minneapolis from 87 to 92, working for Sony Music as a national account manager, calling on what used to be brick-and-mortar stores and sold music like Target and Best Buy. So that was a chapter of my of my career. And um, one of the memories I had was in October of 1989, Jeff Beck and Stevie Ray Vaughan were touring together, and they kicked off their United States tour in Minneapolis, where coincidentally I happened to live at the time. And I got a chance to spend some time with both of them. And I was working with my promotion rep uh, at the time, Mark Potter, who still to this very day works for, works for Sony Music and working for Epic, which is incredible, the fact that he's still there. Um, it was in the middle of the night, about 1.30 a.m. at the Hotel Sofitel in Bloomington, Minnesota, and we somehow convinced both those guys to sign a bunch of guitars. Oh. So there I was with Mark and a bunch of people with about 30 guitars laying around the lobby. Oh. And Stevie Ray and Jeff both went around and signed and autographed each one of them. Mm. I, I, I just, I, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe that two such talented, incredible icons were literally in front of me at the time. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and you're never supposed to be shocked and you're supposed to always act cool, you know, when you work for a record company, but I, it was like an out-of-body experience that I'll never forget. And to this day, um, I'm blessed to have about a half a dozen autographed Jeff Beck lithographs from his album, Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop, that I still have 
Wow. And since I haven't talked to you guys in a long time, one of the things I always had as a dream was when I, when I would no longer was in the music industry, I would have my own website to help share stories and sell mm-hmm. the accumulated uh, stuff that I'd collected. Mm-hmm. And finally, in the next few months, uh, my website's going to get off the ground. And I'd, oh. I'd actually also like to have you guys be part of the launch. It's, it's going to be called musiccollectibles.com. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just... This, is, this, is, this is the music business part of me that would never leave me, even, even if I left the business, and it's finally becoming true. So I wanted well, to share that with you guys. If we can't, off the air... Uh, Andrew, can you make sure that we have all of uh, Paul's current information? Because we'll definitely stay in touch. And when the website is about to be launched, uh, count on it. We'll, and lucky, we'll, we'll do something. Lucky, lucky you to get musiccollectibles.com. I can't even believe that was available. You know, I, I literally bought it like 20 years ago, <gasps> knowing that one, at one point I would oh. get off my butt and launch it. And finally... It's, it reminds me of you guys finally unpacking your first computer. The six 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 machine. I finally decided to act on it and, and take and move on it. Oh, that's so. wonderful. Oh yeah, we got to talk off the air. We're going to work something out. We'll have a party to launch okay. that sucker. Paul, hold on. Uh, Andrew will get some information from you off the air. We'll take a break. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. That is Jeff Beck and our friend Imelda May. That was performed at the Iridium, the club that Les Paul made famous. Mm-hmm. And there was a night when Jeff Beck did his rock and roll party show with Imelda May and Daryl Hyam and Brian Setzer and some other people. And uh, the guitar playing you're hearing was Jeff, again, not using picks, but replicating the lines that Les Paul did. Mm-hmm. And doing it live, and wasn't that also uh, not at the, the Iridium, but that whole concept was filmed for PBS, right? So the whole concert, it, was, and it there was is wonderful. a it's a, a DVD that you yeah. can still get, yeah. Uh, and that exposed Melda May to a, a whole new audience too, yeah. because they'd kind of known her as a rockabilly, uh, up and coming, really amazing singer and then that took her to another level and now she looks totally different and she's as wonderful as ever and making great music and we did reach out to her but it's been a very difficult couple of days because she's very close with jeff beck in fact if you're on facebook do a a facebook search for imelda may and look on imelda's page and read the very very emotional post she did Mm -hmm. about her friend, I couldn't Jeff even Beck. read it on the radio because it was yeah, just we, so... Yeah, we had thought about reading it on the air, and, and, and no. It's, it's beautiful. Just, it's very personal. So Imelda May on Facebook, look it up, and you will see some of the yeah. very emotional thoughts she had about the loss of her friend Jeff Beck. And we actually did talk to her. Um, she was out in the parking lot the night that they did that show at yeah. the Iridium. She ran onto the she parking lot to so talk to pumped. us. And her Irish brogue was really heavy because she was so excited she was even apologizing because she was just in the in the moment and it was just she was having a pinch me moment which was really cool to share that with her okay so i said i unfairly kind of turned up my nose to johnny depp with jeff beck i was like oh jeff beck probably just tolerated johnny depp because i've got this this dislike for johnny depp okay I said that a friend of ours had put up this um, question, the celebrity that you have this 
for no good reason, just this eh reaction to. And I said Julia Roberts came up time and time again, as did Tom Cruise. Tyler Perry's on the list. Why? Hmm. I don't I, understand that. I don't either. I mean, I, I honestly, very candidly, I've never been enamored of some of Tyler Perry's stuff, but I really, really, really respect him as an individual. Yeah. Oh, boy, is he doing good stuff? God bless him. Angelina Jolie came up time and time again. I can kind of get that because mm. she's, you know, maybe she's misunderstood. Mm. She's a mom. She's raising a bunch of kids. Yeah. And yeah, she's a little weird. Uh, she was married to Billy Bob Thornton, so that yeah. says a whole lot. Uh, funny, he didn't make the list. Uh, a couple of other names that popped up. Kristen Stewart came up on the list. I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. okay. But again, you know, people say, I don't yeah. know why. I just, I see him and I just go, Egh. no good reason. And the, I'll give you one. And this has been from day one. I've never met the person, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, from day one, I never liked his music. And as he got a little farther into his career, I liked him even less than I didn't like him to begin with. Cat Stevens. Yeah. Just. Uh, you cannot uh, tolerate his music. I, Cat Stevens is a case of I will literally turn off the radio. You get up and walk across yeah. the room to turn it off. And just. <laughs> and and you know, he may be a wonderful person, but. Not in my universe. Not in your universe. Okay, so I I then, the flip side of this is I looked up the list of the celebrities that you're not allowed by law. You're not allowed to say anything bad about them. This is a Reddit thread that came up. You are an, an evil human being if you say anything bad about these people. Julie Andrews. Do not say anything bad about Julie Andrews. Okay, okay. Now... Also on this list is a couple of ladies that are in a dreadful, it looks dreadful, movie. Oh, I know where you're going. You've got your Jane Fonda. Yeah. Your Lily Tomlin. Yeah. <sighs> this thing looks like, the, the newest movie looks like a piece of dreck. I feel bad. It, Sally Fields. She's on yeah. this list of no one can dislike Sally Fields. Because you remember her standing up there at the Oscars saying, you like you're me. You really like me. You really me. like me. But when I see her in that preview, I go, no, Sally, run. Yes. Run. This is not <laughs> Don't good. Don't do this, Sally. No. <laughs> it must have been really good money. That's all I can figure. And there probably will be an audience for it. But it just, it, these women of a certain age salivating over Tom Brady? Yeah. Really? Anyway. She's on the list of no one can say anything. Mr. Rogers is on that list. It's against the law to say anything negative about Mr. Rogers. Dolly Parton, that I get. Oh. I'll fight you if you say something bad about Dolly. That reminds me. Uh, Andrew, remind me, for next week, one of our uh, our bumps, I stumbled across something uh, as I was looking for other things. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing on things you discovered looking for other things. It's this obscure youtube website where i found what may have been dolly parton's first record before anybody knew who the heck dolly parton was <laughs> it's this really obscure uh well i'm not going to give any more hints it's got to be hardcore country it's uh it's gotta yeah. be but i mean this was a really really young 
Dolly oh, sure. Parton. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pre Porter Wagner. Oh gosh, yeah. Pre, when she uh, arrived yeah. in Nashville, yeah, she was just a girl, just a kid. Oh, was she a girl? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think uh, we better shut up. Um, more coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Okay, we'd said we were going to wait till next week, but uh, Andrew, our producer, Andrew Harris, is is so quick. <laughs> I know. He said, to "You is this it?" And I um, we said, yeah. "Yeah." We're talking about this is, to my knowledge, the first record Dolly Parton ever made. Now, how old do we think Dolly is? So, when do we think she was born? She's in her 70s. Um, I'll find out. Because this particular record was made in 1958. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how old she would have been. Uh, She's 76 years old. So so dialing it uh, back. 58. 1958, she would have been... uh, 13, 14? Something like that, yeah. Well, this was... Okay, this was a a mini Dolly Parton, (laughs) and the song is called Puppy Love. Who could have predicted from that beginning the the woman who is now a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and about to record her first rock and roll album? And has written some of the greatest songs ever, ever. And I won't hold, I will always love you against her, because <laughs> it was a great song. It just got a little bit overused. Okay, are you ready for some more celebrities that there should be a law against? And in fact, Andrew B. said off the now, air. Now, which, which column is the, this? this is the, celebrities there should be a law against saying no, bad things about, is, or celebrities there should be a law against? No, this is... The, there's a law against saying anything negative about these celebrities. And, and Andrew said, is Bob Ross on the list? And he is on the list. Okay. You cannot say it. anything. <laughs> Bob Ross is on the list with, like like I said, Dolly Parton. There are not a lot of women on this list, which I think is really funny. Paul Rudd. Who doesn't love Paul Rudd? You can't say anything bad about him. Come on. Hugh Jackman. I agree. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah, there was I, I I don't know what website I was at, but there was a picture of him and his wife, and Hugh Jackman is a a fine specimen of a human being. His wife looks like me and every other woman on the street, <laughs> right? And people are going, "Oh, Hugh Jackman deserves a better looking wife than that." That's what I love about Hugh Jackman. He just loves his wife. He's not hung up on the fact that she's not a movie star. Well, speaking of that kind of thing, yes, Pierce Brosnan, yes, has been criticized. There are literally people, people that who, want Pierce Brosnan to divorce his wife, and you can look at Pierce because she's not worthy. Of, you can look at pictures of Pierce and his wife when they first got married, mm-hmm. and she has gained some weight mm-hmm. over the years that they've been married, and they're happy together. And he loved. He he said there was a. Uh, I guess somebody had been criticizing him just within the past month, and he just said, look, People. she's the mother of my children. I love her more now than when we got married. And Jackman said the same thing. Yeah. Basically, shut up, people. Yeah, it's this is my private life. life to live. Exactly. Okay, there is another woman on this list, All Betty right. White. There's a law against saying anything negative yeah. about Betty White. I would have to agree with that. Alex Trebek is on the list. You know, May he rest in peace. Yeah. But I, again... When you watch Jeopardy, you more than likely find yourselves going, oh, if only. 
but you can't say anything bad about the man. I would put one on the list, and this is from my childhood, Mm -hmm. Roy Rogers. Oh, that's true. I mean, Roy was just everything I have read. Now, Roy was my cowboy hero when I was growing up. And everything I have read about this man tells me that he was. He was the the, real deal. The real deal. But I, I will put this out. And I put this out every now and then. I am looking for a DVD, a whatever, of the movie Son of Pale Face. Now, I know they exist. We have a copy of Son of Pale Face. It was Roy Rogers, Bob Hope, Jane Russell, Trigger, the smartest horse in the movies. And my problem is every copy we have seen has a pivotal scene that is deleted. Johnny knows this scene exists because we were in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, and in a hotel. And we were watching, it was, uh, I don't know if it was TCM, TCM. or who was, it was on showing On a Friday it. night. There is a scene. Now, Andrew, this is going to be a little hard for you to believe. <laughs> but Trigger was the smartest horse in the movies. Okay? There is a poker game. At the poker table, you have Bob Hope and some other people. The dealer is Trigger sitting there with the dealer's cap on. The visor, the garter on his arm. He's sitting there. It's an amazing scene. And you have also seen that scene. And Uh, for whatever reason, in the copy, it's no longer. I don't know if if the ASPCA got me. Trigger wasn't being heard. It's a funny scene. It's a hilarious scene. We bought the DVD and we what? You can't find that scene on available you know in any we should call copy. tcm and get say get on this tell us about yes this. <laughs> there has to be a reason quite seriously probably somebody said this but is, I, I would we think don't want it, people making in all the searches i've this. done i would have think that something would have come up about the aspca or somebody yeah. saying well here's why this scene is no longer available because it is a really really funny movie and it's a, it, a great it, it has two of the coolest scenes uh, <laughs> as a kid that was one scene. The other scene, yes. and my mom took me to see this at the Avalon Theater. So, Roy Rogers is the good guy. He's riding Trigger, and Jane Russell is the villain. And we know that because she's wearing a black cat suit. Yeah. A skin tight. Yeah. From her yeah. boobs down to her toes. Yeah. I mean, it was, it yeah. was just oozing evil. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's got the drop on Roy. Okay, she, she's riding on the buckboard. She's got the drop on Roy. I'm not sure I know what that means. But Roy is, well, she's holding the rifle, you know, oh, okay. aim, that's, aiming it at That's when you got the drop on someone? Yeah. Okay. And I wonder where that phrase came I from. I don't know. Reason to look it up. Anyhow, she's holding the rifle on Roy. Roy is riding on trigger. And Roy says something about, well, do you mind if I play a song? <laughs> okay, so Roy starts playing the song. And as he's playing the song. On his guitar. With the guitar. He shoots the rifle out of her hand with the rifle was hidden in the neck of his guitar. <laughs> and as a young kid, it was like, that's the coolest thing I ever saw. I don't know how old I was. I was probably about seven or something like that. And I yeah. thought, Roy, my man. There have to be laws yes. against that. <laughs> they probably have edited that out of the movie now, too. No, that's still in there. 
You think? You, you can find that scene. Yeah. You can yeah, find that's that true, because we do have the DVD, and the only yeah. scene that was edited was the, the scene of Trigger. Trigger dealing. <laughs> with a visor <laughs> and a garter on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> and dealing cards. And you just have visions of someone saying, you know, we really need to take this out because people may expect their horses to do this. Yeah. And they may try to put Trigger visors. was setting a bad example <laughs> for right. other horsedom. So we need to take this out. <laughs> Oh, my. Coming up, we've got our last call of the night already. Yes, uh, we're about to take our final break. So before we do, we have the prize list. Mm -hmm. And unlike Bob Surratt, who gives a a prize for his first caller, we we give a prize for the last caller. That's right. So you can call right now, 312-981-7200. And to make this fairer... If a few people call, we're not going to look at the screen to see who is called. We're going to have Andrew tell us if we've got four or five people waiting in the wings. We'll choose a number, and then we'll take that person as our last caller. Because I don't want it to sound like we're picking and choosing. Mm -hmm. We just want to be fair. So if you would like to be our last caller kind of set the tone for the rest of our evening because if it's like last week i'll be up until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning yeah or this morning because <laughs> this really threw me for a loop last week <laughs> but i use this schedule as an excuse for not doing a doggone thing for like four days oh, last week we had the most relaxing sunday <laughs> last week and then Monday, just, I said, you know, I'm feeling a little yeah, under the weather. The, then I legitimately... We, yeah, we're just a day away from Sunday, so yeah. we needed to... And then I thought I really was sick. And then I kind of fed into that. And then I said, wait a minute. So I kind of pulled myself out of it, and I, I tested negative. And, but then I said, wait a minute. I worked until the wee hours of the morning yeah. the other night. I don't have to do anything today. <laughs> and I didn't. Okay, so last call coming up. We'll, t- we'll take a break, and then we will get to the... The last call. Stay with us at WGN. Those of you who who are familiar with that version of that song, uh, no, we're not going to play the next chorus. Uh, and but the three of us all get this fun feeling about last call, like, yeah, because we've worked in the service industry where mm-hmm. you live for the last call. Right, Andrew? You look forward to... When, or did you not? Because you still had about an hour's worth of work at the bar, right? Yeah, as a bartender, I mean, it was still my favorite part because uh, at that point I could tell people uh, were closed. And that, I think that still gives me that semblance of joy, even if I still have to yeah. clean up later. Yeah, and the, the, also the good thing is the lights come on, so then you can see the people you've been waiting on. Yeah. And you're like, Woof, whoa. That's different. Hey, Sometimes I was just glad when the lights came on so I could see my workstation. <laughs> Sometimes yes. I could not see anything when I was bartending. And also, sometimes when the lights came on, you could see the reaction on the guy's face <laughs> to the, the girl he'd been and thinking the girl's was face in. The, when and she saw the, said, oh, yeah. this is what you look yeah. like in the uh, cold light of uh, yeah. closing time? Oh, I, I would start counting my, my tips before that first light was flicked. Because yup, yep. yup. Because you want to be packed up and ready to move on out of there. So it is last call, and we're going to move on out of here in just a few minutes. we got a bank of calls, and so we decided we're going to make it fair. We've not looked at anything on the the phone bank. We're going to choose a number, and I think we're going to be original, and we're going to go with number one. And number one is Brian. Hi, Brian. You're our last call tonight. How are you doing? Hi, thank you. Really enjoy your show. I uh, really enjoyed uh, your discussion on uh, Jeff Beck. Very sad to hear of his passing. Yeah. 
my favorite Jeff Beck album was uh, from 1973, Beck, Bogart, and Apathy. And um, uh, Bogart and Apathy were formerly with Vanilla Fudge. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was a great album. Oh, super. And as a, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe uh, uh, they do... Uh, I'm so proud, which I believe was written by Curtis Mayfield. Yes, mm-hmm. and some really good rockers on there too. It's a really great album. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I really enjoy your show. Well, thank oh, well, you. Thank you. Uh, where, well, where are you calling from? Joliet, Illinois. <laughs> Joliet, <laughs> right? Where the rock and roll museum? Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of Fame yeah, and the museum. Rock and roll Hall of Fame on museum. Route sixty six. And we've come full circle because that's how we started out tonight, talking about Gigantar. <laughs> So why uh, why are you up at this hour of the night? Well, uh, it's uh, well, it's actually uh, <laughs> enjoying your show. Oh, oh, well, well, that's right. a wonderful reason. Thank you. Perfectly. Uh, I got to ask you. Going back to to uh, uh, albums, do you still play vinyl? Do you still have a record player, a stereo? Uh, yes. Okay, because we're going to do a show one night on the popularity of vinyl because it is going right through the roof. And we saw a great piece the other night on Pickers, American American Pickers, Pickers. with Jack White. And God bless him. He has a a vinyl pressing factory. It's amazing. He started out down in Nashville, but now he's got one up in Michigan. In Detroit. They are the demand is exceeding what they can do, and there is also a company here in Chicago. I believe it's in the South Loop that is one of yeah. the the largest vinyl presses in the country. But Jack White's when they took a tour through that plant, you could probably eat off the floor there. It was so pristine. It was just absolutely beautiful. Well, I tell you what, for staying up late with us tonight, Mike, and for being our last call. I'm sorry, you're Brian. Uh, Brian for, yes. for being our last caller, you're going to get a WGN Radio Retro Logo T-shirt. These are very oh. cool. Yeah. And you're also going to get a desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, the 60-Minute Men. Visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. It looks really neat on your desk because it gives you all the information you need before you head out the door. Of course, you get all that information on the radio, too, but it's nice to have it at your fingertips. If you don't mind me asking, uh, when you're not uh, hanging out online along with us, so uh, what are you doing during the day? Um, well, I'm retired now. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I used to teach and uh, taught uh, philosophy and uh, communication science, oh. and, uh, and I did a little bit of uh, uh, radio myself. I uh, thought so. Uh, yeah, I, I could hear it in your voice. That, that that's and, one of the uh, reasons I asked. I'm really glad. Uh, I I used to listen to uh, your show. Uh, uh, you, you, this is only about your second show back. It is. Now. Yes, yeah. our second mm-hmm. show, two point yeah, I used to listen to you back. Uh, was in the uh, a while back when you were on. Uh, yes. Listen to. I really enjoyed your show then, and I enjoy it now. Well, really thank you. thrilled you're back. Well, thanks. Well, thank you. Hang on for a second. Talk to Andrew B. He'll get some information. We'll get your prizes in the mail and be here next Saturday night. It will be a late start again because of the Blackhawks. Yeah. We'll be on at ten thirty next Saturday night, and then when the hawk season is over with, then we'll settle into the nine to two a.m time slot thanks a lot brian nice talking to you and thanks for being our last caller this evening and you can always uh you can email us uh, our our personal email is uh, email us 
Yeah, that's really what it is. Email us at mm-hmm. steveandjohnny.com and spell Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E. It fascinates me sometimes the people who will be on our Facebook page mm-hmm. and they'll be responding to something we put up and they will spell your name wrong. Yes. I don't. It just, uh, it's autocorrect. It's not them. Yeah, you're probably the right. The computer does it yeah. automatically, puts a Y at the end of my name, and I'm like, okay. And it really is my name. It's my birth name. My dad's name was John. It's a Southern thing. We name our girls after our daddies. You know, you got your Frankie mm-hmm. and you got your Billy Joe. And, and if you ever saw Petticoat Junction, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. So. We didn't get to uh, our unfinished business. Uh, we did. In fact, our unfinished business is unfinished business. It's going to be next week's show. But but I did want, and this is just one of those weird things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been known to be a little bit weird. Uh, one of the things I am weird about is I am a newspaper geek. And oh yeah. I was either I'm easily amused, or I wonder if anybody else had the same reaction I did to. I believe it was just this week, the Chicago Tribune. Wasn't it Friday? I think it was in Friday's Tribune. They uh, they reinstituted their A&E section. Mm-hmm. And the Tribune's been going through a lot of cutbacks. It was just nice to see that they were able to uh, put this together and start doing this section again. And I will kind of draw a parallel between what happened with Southwest Airlines and the Tribune You can think what you want about the management of the company, but the people who are still Mm -hmm. there and working are working very, very hard. Yeah, absolutely. And and Chicago has such a rich history of of newspapers, and it was just kind of a nice. uh, It was one of those small little things that throughout the week I thought, well, yeah, that's that's a Mm -hmm. cool thing. But then again, you're the guy that when we get home. In an hour or so, and our Sunday paper yeah, arrives. Yeah, where are you going with this? <laughs> what are you trying to Before say? Anybody can look at the Sunday paper. You have to organize it so it's in proper yeah, because order. It, and, and how many times have I, I seen that, oops, they, they left out the so-and-so section? So It's the so-and-so section you live for. Yeah, I exactly. actually do miss the magazine. I do, and I know that was expensive. The Tribune had one of the best magazines in the country. And I even like Parade Magazine. I'm sorry that that's not around. Yeah, that's only uh, online now or on Facebook. Yeah, it's not the same. And, uh, well... We may have to do a a little segment on newspapers and what's going on with newspapers. Well, especially in light of our conversation with Patrick tonight. It still concerns me with this artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. that CNET, for example, is putting out articles that a computer is actually writing. As a journalist, I would be horrified and mortified that that's going to happen because what's going to stop a company from saying, why am I paying warm-blooded people when all I have to do is hit a button and it spits out an article? Uh, the the good and bad sides of of technology uh quick like uh back to your business of uh trigger uh i remember the scene with trigger dealing and wasn't trigger smoking a cigar (laughs) maybe that was the reason it was taken out i don't i don't don't remember him smoking yeah i don't think he was smoking a cigar (laughs) but that tickles me (laughs) (laughs) smoking a cigar i'm sorry Somewhere that scene exists. <laughs> I pay money. To... I'm on a mission. I will find that scene 
somewhere it exists. Oh, golly. And finally, finally, on the subject of, of, of celebrities that we're, there should be a law against never ever saying anything bad about them, Julie Andrews went through a period of public potty mouth to overcome her Oh, and, and wasn't that after she did, uh, was the movie Victor Victoria? Oh, I loved her in that. And I believe, was that the movie where there was actually a Julie Andrews uh, topless scene? Oh, yes. I hadn't thought of oh that until gosh. this very second. Thanks, Mark, for bringing that up. That's a great place for us so, to end the show. Thanks okay. a lot. Well, we will be back here next Saturday night after the Hawks game. Hopefully it won't be as painful as tonight's yeah. game was. Uh, I was just, ugh. But i got to say, Kaylee Chelios is a delight. Yeah. She and John Whiteman were a great team. They really they are. They really, really are. Yeah. In fact, we were talking about how some night we want to see if they can stay up a little later yeah. and, and hang out with us for a little bit because they're a terrific mm-hmm. team. Okay. We, we are uh, out of rapidly words. running out of words. <laughs> our thanks to Dan Long and Engineering, the keeper of the big plug, our producer, Andrew Harris. That's Andrew B. Oh, that's right. Andrew, Andrew B. Andrew B. Harris. And uh, Gabe Salgado. And oh, Ron Brown. Ron Brown. Yeah. And most importantly, to you for hanging out with us. Thanks a bunch. We will see you next week at 1030.